We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of the Is For Podcast. I am Danger. That guy over there. That's uh that's Sarge. Howdy howdy. And uh with us we've got uh we got Monster. Say hello, Monster. That's what I said, a booby trap. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh I, I watched Goonies recently. I tried to introduce the kids to it. Yeah, uh, sorry, this is G. G is for Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking Goonies tonight, one of my favorite childhood movies. I showed it to the kids recently. And they were bored. And it was just one of those moments where I realized that the uh, the the attention span for children has gotten less and less and less and less. So hopefully those listening to this have attention span long enough to listen to this episode. G is for the Goonies. Monster, what is your experience with, and I'll just go ahead and say feelings on, the Goonies. So I, I've definitely seen the Goonies a couple of times. I like it. I think it's okay. It's no secret that I'm much more of a horror movie guy. So for me, uh, a film that came out around the same time, I think Goonies was 85 monster squad. Uh, it came out in 1987 and it was basically the Goonies meets the universal monsters which is way more my jam. But I like the Goonies. I thought Sloth was cool. I thought the the caverns with the waterfalls and stuff was, was really a neat set. Um, the kids were pretty good actors and everything. But I don't have a real strong nostalgic pull for it like, like a lot of people our age do. All right. And uh, Sarge, what about you? Last time I watched the Goonies was back in like 1997. Mm-hmm. And it was an okay film. I'm not going to say it's up there with the ones that a must see, must watch for me, but it was a really, at the time, it was just a good, you can sit down and watch movie. Um, my kids, they don't have the desire to sit and watch it, and that's fine. This, the pirate ship set was probably my favorite part of that movie. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, and we're going to talk about the pirate ship here in a little bit. So, I watched it when I was a kid. I loved it. It was just all the way through. It was great. You know, but I mean, I've tried to show the kids like Indiana Jones. And it's just, if it's not a a thing a second, you know, if there's not something happening all the time, if there's not a animated character or something, the kids get bored with it. They do. You know, and there's, I forgot how much there was was talking and, and on here. And I completely forgot some of the things that were probably not appropriate to show a uh, six-year-old girls, but <laughs> less than, less than appropriate is I, it was things that I did not want to answer <laughs> questions that I got that did not want to answer. Like for instance, towards the beginning of the movie, when uh chunk comes in to the scene, into the movie, he's, you know, clumsy. And there's a uh, David statue that the that Mikey's mom has, Sean Astin's character. Uh, she has a, a statue of David. 
and old David's naked. And Chuck knocks David over. And Chuck uh, basically turns David into a Ken doll. <laughs> and, and there's this whole, this whole gag about gluing David's penis back on. And I'm watching this with the three girls who ask tons of questions already about nothing. And so of course they're going, why, why are they doing that? And then they like glue it on upside down. So it's definitely like going up and it's like that. Why is it going that way? And I mean, it's just, yeah, there were little moments like that all throughout the movie. And it was one of those things that Lauren and I just kept looking at each other going, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. All right. (laughs) That was so 1985. So that would have been right around the time, like right before PG 13 became a thing. And you know, I I mentioned Monster Squad earlier. That's another one of those uh, Monster Squad, Beetlejuice, The Goonies. These were all rated PG, mm-hmm. but by today's standards, would one hundred percent be PG thirteen. So I remember specifically Beetlejuice, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and Monster Squad being three films that I watched when I was probably six or seven, like you you said, that probably shouldn't have seen quite that early. <laughs> yeah, and I did not know, like, I did not realize, I excuse me, I don't want to say realize, I don't remember the kids cussing as much as they do in that movie. I mean, the kids say shit more times in that movie than... In Goonies or Monster Squad? In Goonies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they are shitting on top of each other, <laughs> like, <laughs> constantly. Monster Squad, the thing about that one, not so much shit, which they do say... But there's some other, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, less politically correct terms used oh, in that movie yeah. that uh, are kind of frowned upon these days that you I, couldn't put in a movie. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I watched Monster Squad, but I definitely want to go back and revisit it. And I don't know if I should let the, maybe the boy, he's 11, so. Yeah, they use um, they use the F word, not, not, mm. the, uh, not the four letter one, the... Uh, the, the other one, one the, the three letter one yeah but the long version oh. which is kind of worse <laughs> like um a maggot that starts with an f there you go which cool. is really not not great no um no, i don't remember but of that. course there's a lot of other really fun moments like the wolfman has nards and of course when dracula calls a six-year-old little girl a, a bitch but anyway back to the goonies <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, both these movies, right? Both these movies were recorded in a time when people weren't easily offended. Now, I'm not giving the movies a pass for any wrongdoings that they did in those movies, right? I'm not I'm not giving them a pass. I'm just saying, you know, back in the 80s and the 90s and even somewhat in the early 2000s, we really weren't so politically correct minded to the point where it was so overbearing. I mean, think about this. I think of the Barbie dolls and the Ken dolls and the GI Joes and the cartoons and everything else from the eighties and nineties. And now all of a sudden Barbie is a career woman with her own business, you know? Okay. So, so my, my theory, I guess on it is less about where it was at a time that people weren't quite as offended you know, Barbie having a job, you know, that's just, that's just good. I mean, I, I think it's good to model careers for children, you know, like why not be like, Hey, 
here's a doll to play with that is, you know, has a career. Like at least our GI Joes were in the military and at least make it a check that way. So I think what it is, is that we were, these movies were at a time. I mean, this came out June 7th, 1985, the day before I was born. So for all of you wondering, if you want to get me a birthday present, you have to wait till next year because my birthday already passed. It was at a time where parents just weren't watching their kids as much and as close and kids got hurt and they were fine. They came in when the streetlights came on from playing outside all day. And so parents were, you know, a little more lenient on what their kids were watching until the satanic panic of D&D came about. (laughs) And well, and then also to these films credit, again, specifically the Goonies and and Monster Squad um, and a lot of other movies around that time that had teenagers and, you know, 12 year olds and stuff. That's kind of how they talked. Like, I mean, like I I understand like making a kid's movie, you want to kind of clean it up a little bit, but ultimately the way the kids and the Goonies talk are how 12 and 13 year old kids talk to each other sometimes. Mm -hmm. So still how 12 and 13 year old kids talk to each other. Absolutely, been in middle school yet. It is. No, I haven't been hanging around middle schools like you, Sarge. Sorry. When you right. got to pick your kids up and you can hear you you can hear the conversations the kids are having while they're waiting to be picked up and like the teachers are just nonchalant about it yeah for for anybody that doesn't know I spent a few years as a school cafeteria nutrition manager he was a lunch, lunch lady. lady he was a lunch Translates lady to lunch lady yes thank you Mar- and uh, the lunch lady did you yes, have absolutely. did you have a hairnet no, no, I didn't have to wear a hairnet. I was allowed to wear a baseball cap. If I was working on the line, I did have to wear a hairnet on my beard, but that's beside the point. Um, Are we really calling that a beard? Well, I mean, for the sake of food service, yes. I mean, I can't, I can't work in food service with this beard because, um, sure, yeah. So anyway, but, go on with I your with your lunch life. lady story, and then we'll dive into yeah. the Goonies. I spent the bulk of my time at a middle school and I can attest to what Sarge said. There were plenty of times where I was doing my thing, hanging out with, you know, in the kitchen, whatever, and would hear some kids overhear some kids talking in the line and just be like, yo, yo guys, can you, can we please clean that up while we're, while we're here, please. (laughs) We're getting ready to eat guys. Let's keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. That's gross. All right, so in the film, the Goonies. Well, let's run through who the Goonies are. So the Goonies are classified as um, Mikey, played by Sean Astin, which Sean Astin actually connects back to our first episode of season three, letter A. Do you have any idea who Sean Astin's dad is? Oh, 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 Gomez Adams. Really? I was going to say, yeah. I couldn't even remember what we did for the letter A. I know. I was but... holding my head going, oh, what do you do for letter A? I mean, granted, we're only on the letter G, but yeah, I mean, yeah, guys, eh? guys, we're not that old. And A just came out, like, I, I don't know. For those, and I am for, old. For those, I am old. Well, okay? nobody isn't de- debating that. I was really just trying to lump you in to make you feel better. Monster, we're not old so right i was getting ready to say you were born june of 85 i was born december of 85 and Stephen was born in 75 so there you go 18 1875 no no, no. 
1875. All right. So then uh, Mikey's older brother, Brandon, um, played by Josh Brolin. Um, and I don't know if you remember, but there was not it, like up until they went to the attic and they found the treasure map and all that. Uh, Brandon had like this really antiquated piece of workout equipment that I thought was great that I had to explain to the girls what it was, but it was just like two handles with like five giant springs that he would just stretch back and forth. And it's like, I, that's just, you know, resistance. Uh, That was antiquated when they filmed it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, there was data played by Jonathan Kihoi Khan, which, um, the only other movie that I know him from was he was uh, short round in Indiana Jones, which was well, the worst Indiana Jones until Crystal Skull came out. So I'm just glad that we were able to get a danger mispronounces an Asian name in an episode. You know, I, that I doesn't really to, pertain to a lot. I tried to do that with more confidence. You know, he also well, appeared. He also appeared in the Goonies are good enough music video by yes. Cindy Lauper. Yes, which <laughs> I was going to get to that, but um, there we go. More thunder just gone. No, I I don't know. That's more of a thunder being small, stolen, and it's more of a small rain cloud to take that one from me. But you know, and according to this, he was also in Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, there you go. So then, uh, mouth played by Corey Feldman. And Chunk, played by Jeff Cohen. So, um, and I don't know if you guys remember, what was Chunk's famous dance? The Truffle Shuffle. The Truffle Shuffle, yeah. So, all right. So, Or as I like to call it, the visual equivalent of type 1 diabetes. Uh, type 2. Yeah, type 1 diabetes is where you just have an organ that just doesn't function properly. Well, for those of you that thought you were just going to listen to a podcast about the Goonies, you really got a podcast about diabetes. So, all right. So, I am Wilford Brimley. All right. Sorry. So they live in the Goondocks, um, which is a neighborhood in Astoria, Oregon, um, and their homes are being foreclosed on. So then all the kids on a rainy day, it's supposed to be the last day that they're all together. Um, and they go up to the attic and they find an old treasure map and the treasure map is, uh, going to a pirate ship and treasure and the lost fortune of one eyed Willie and other people have gone to find it and nobody has made it. Uh, they find an article, um, for a guy that went to get it, never came out. And that was the last person that found it or what last person to go for it. And see, that's another one of them little jokes. that just flies over certain people's heads, you know? The treasure map of one-eyed Willie. Like, okay, I see what you did there. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so the kids, you know, are following the map after they uh, tied um, Josh Brolin's character up with his spring workout equipment um, to the chair, and they all escape on on bicycles, on bicycles, and um, they end up at a restaurant as part of the map and trying to get there. And they run into uh, the Fratelli cl- uh, crime family, the uh, which is consisted of Francis, Jake, and their mother, which there was something quite funny that happened when we watched the movie with the girls, which was I was sitting at one end of the couch with one of the girls, and Lauren was at the other end of the couch with the girls, with the other girls, and we didn't realize it, but we were having the same conversation, but very quietly with each other. And it was... Who who is that? Who's that person? 
Well, that's the mother. Is the mother a boy? No, no, the mother. It's it's the mom, but she looks like a boy. I know it's okay. She's an old. Is that an old boy? You know. <laughs> so it's just this who's on first kind of conversation with them. So um. So anyway, so the Fratellis want the treasure for themselves, and so they you know start trying to figure out a way to get to it. So then, um. The Goonies end up escaping through a fireplace and find a tunnel into the basement and follow it. But then Chunk gets captured by the Fratellis and uh, gets imprisoned with Sloth. Sloth was played by, and I'm not going to pronounce this right. One of you guys will because you guys watch more sports than I do. Uh, John M-A-T-U-S-Z-A-K. Matsuak. Anyway, he was a defensive lineman for the Oakland Raiders. Until 1981. Oh. Yeah. Cool. And in the movie, he wears a Raiders shirt. And then he also wears a Superman shirt. Because the director was Richard Donner, who directed the first Superman movie. So speaking of the cast, this blows my mind. I can't believe I didn't realize this until literally right this second. The guy who plays uh, of the Fratelli family, Francis... Is Joe Pantaleon, uh, uh, however you pronounce it? Yeah. Thank you. Teddy from Memento. Yeah. Yeah. So well, he's, he's got more notable roles since yeah, 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 yeah. Memento. So, uh, yeah, but Memento is one of my probably top 10 favorite movies. Oh, it's a great movie. So I was actually going to say that in a minute, but now that you brought it up, I, uh, I did learn something kind of funny in the, uh, the casting call or the, the audition. When he was auditioning for it, they had already found his brother and they were in the waiting room basically and just already did not like each other so the dislike they have each of each other in the movie is very very real and uh it was taken a step further and joe uh joey pants we're gonna joey joey pantaloni i don't know pantaloon yeah how do you how um, do you say it Serge? pantaloni oh see they got me doing it. <laughs> yeah his most notable role for those people who don't want to watch this 80s movie is the original Matrix movie, where he played uh, Cypher, I believe was his name. I don't know. I, I um, like the first one. I mean, the, by, the, by the fourth one, it felt like they were injecting a metal I think it, I'm pretty sure it's Joe Pantoliano. Okay. I think so. I'm pretty sure is how you say it. Well, uh, but yeah, he was in a bunch of stuff, but I mean, oh yeah. just. Well, when he was auditioning, the dislike of each other was taken a little bit further because the other brother, he was trying to, you know, he was like, if you really want to get him angry so you can really get him to roll, just go ahead and pull that toupee off his head. <laughs> and, um, kind of pissed him off. So, yeah. Um, so, so John, um, John Matsuzak, I think is how you say it. Matthew Matsuzak or okay. whatever. You got to play sloth. Yeah. You know, he, he died very young. He did. And actually... I think he was 39? He well, was in his late 30s. I don't think he was in his 40s, because I think it was in the early 80s, or the early 90s he died. Late 80s, 30, He was 38. Ah. Well, and, and I don't know anything about him, but it seems like people, professional NFL football players... um often have shortened lifespans just due to the 
the toll that that takes on their bodies and their and their brains. Well, what also took toll on his body and his brain was the amount of cocaine and alcohol this man ingested. There we go. That yeah. probably helped too. Yeah. So when he, I was going to say, even for an NFL player, thirty eight is is really young. Yeah. So when he was um, cast in the role for this movie, he basically had a handler on set. Um, because I mean, you know, there was a large portion of the movie that he wasn't in, but he still had to be there. And he was, uh, yeah, he had a handler to make it, to put it short that pretty much kept him from getting in trouble. And, yeah. um, yeah, but he had to spend five hours a day in makeup longer than anybody else. And the lopsided eye was, uh, operated off screen by a remote control. Uh, someone would count down and he would blink his other eye to synchronize it. Um, and the cast was, was told not to get him wet because if they got his makeup wet, they'd have to redo the makeup from scratch, thus putting them behind five hours for the day. So now yeah. uh, they did get him wet at one point, like towards the end of the movie, when they're in, when they uh, get to the ship and they're in water, they did get him wet and it did delay it. Now, on the flip side of that, have any of you guys seen Jeff Cohen, who played Chunk, recently? Uh, he's a beefcake. He's, he's, he's a lawyer, isn't he? Like he's, yeah, they, he's an entertainment lawyer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and he, he looks fantastic. Oh, no. He, yes. he, he, he totally, <laughs> like, he got it together. You know, he's known for doing the truffle shuffle, which he only does for, like, you know, a quick, hot minute, which is really, like, um, I guess normalizing uh, weight shaming. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of. Yeah. But you know, he actually had the chicken pox in that and you can actually see it in the movie. I looked for it recently. And uh, when we watched it last, I looked for it. It's like just right up under his, uh, his armpit. Like, and Ooh. he was just so scared that he was going to get recast if he told them. And so he just kept it a secret and had chicken pox for the whole shoot. <laughs> so I would have to imagine a few of those other kids had chicken pox by the end of the shoot, too. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, allegedly. Allegedly, right. So the Fratellis interrogate Chunk and uh, until he reveals where the Goonies have gone and begin pursuit, which I don't know if you guys remember this, but when they were interrogating him, they actually had a blender that was just like the top was off and they were just like dropping tomatoes and stuff in there like while the blades were spinning. He was flipping out. He starts admitting all sorts of things from when he was like much younger. And it was like, you know, I cheated on my test at school and, and on and on. And it's just, I found myself getting quite tickled watching it. And I was and you know, she was, Lauren was cracking up as well. And it was like, the girls were going, what's funny. We were like, you'll get it when you're older, which one of the girls actually told me <laughs> recently, which was funny. I was like, I am older than you. But anyway, so after they go looking for the Goonies, they leave Chunk behind with Sloth, and they become friends over Baby Ruth. <laughs> yeah. So after Sloth gets up and frees both of them, Chunk calls the sheriff, and uh, they follow the trail of the Fratellis. Now, there was something that I've never heard in the movie, but after going through research and I came across it, it stuck out like a sore thumb with a highlighter. There's a part where... Chunk is calling the sheriff and sheriff is doubting everything he was telling him and starts recalling things that Chunk had called and told him about uh, Soviets were in a restaurant at one point and blah, blah, blah. But at one point he says, 
Is this like the time he called about the little creatures that multiply when you pour water on them? Gremlins! Uh, right. This actually confirmed, and then uh, producer uh, Steven Spielberg actually confirmed later, because he produced both films, that this actually happens in the Gremlins universe. And then Corey Feldman is actually in both movies. He doesn't play the same character, but he is the one that causes things to go haywire in Gremlins. And Gremlins is another one of those right on the cusp of that PG, PG-13 oh, thing. Oh, God, that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, sure, you know, Gizmo's cute and everything, but when when the Mogwai changes and the Gremlins start to come out, I mean, there's some dark stuff in those oh, movies. Oh, yeah. Like, now, the I, second one is, is way sillier, but they still have some pretty gory, gross things for a technically a kid's movie. Gory, gross, but raunchy and not pg humor not pg no, not at all no but you know what i loved them when i was a kid and maybe that's why i have the sense of humor i have now i, I mean i was probably i don't know four or five and i had a little stuffed gizmo that i would take everywhere with me my parents were pretty cool with me seeing a lot of this stuff when i was probably a little too young but i don't think pretty well adjusted I don't think my parents were cool with me watching it. I think my parents did what I do now, which is allow your kid to rent a movie for $2 and allow that to babysit them for a while and get them out of the way. And so we rented all kinds of stuff from uh, Movies to Go, the movie store across the street from our house. They had a five for five for $5. You can get five movies Ooh, for five nights. That's a good deal. That is a good deal. It is. But when you're a kid and you are there to get three movies because mom and dad wanted to get two of them, the whole night was spent in the movie store trying to settle on three movies. And then by the time you got home, you made it halfway through because you spent so damn long at the movie store that you just fell asleep watching the movie. Not to go off on a really long tangent because this could be its own letter, its own episode one day. But God... How bad do you miss the video store, man? I I remember going on a Thursday, Friday night, getting ready for the weekend, rent a video game, rent a movie. Uh, and then as I got a little bit older, me and my friends would try to have like movie nights at the house. So we would rent like the most obscure, weird VHS horror movies we could find. Like never heard of it, but look at this weird box art, you know, and that that whole experience of walking around there, it kind of smelt like a movie theater for some reason, even though it shouldn't. It smelled and, like a movie theater with a bit more glue. Yeah, yeah, a plasticky glue smell. But yeah. it just, oh, God, it was so much fun to just look around and just hang oh, out yeah. there. And oh, oh, yeah. I miss that. I really do. Sneaking into the adult section of the video store. Nope, nope. I'm talking about Hollywood video and Blockbuster, not... uh cheapo video on spring garden street i'm talking about the the legitimate businesses no i mean my my movie store didn't have the adult section but i did go to some that did have them but then it was always like you had to go through the the awful haunted section of all of the horror movie cases that as an eight-year-old boy were terrifying to me but like i would look at them from afar but i could just never quite go through the horror movies and then you had to act like you were places. all like you had to act like you were confused. Like, I don't know why I went through this beaded curtain. I don't know why I'm back here in this area. I can genuinely honestly say never went back there. Anyway, totally did. 
Not even, not even gonna lie. All right, you did. And they were like, "What are you doing yeah. back here?" I was like, "Browsing, looking for the romance movies." I thought these looking people like each other. Leave me alone. You're not gonna let me rent it. I can at least look at the box art. All right. <laughs> uh, Sarge was a dreamer, and the Goonies actually evaded several booby traps in those tunnels. <laughs> so uh, you're talking about adult movies and boobies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good which, segue. Which one segue? I, I was trying to remember what was it that Data kept calling the booby traps, booty traps. Yeah, he's so. calling them booty traps. No, 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 he was calling them booby traps. I know, but, but he, like, he was saying booty traps, booty traps. No, I thought he was saying booby, like boobies, like that was like. Yeah, but he's saying. The, but it was coming. The joke out. was they were saying the exact same thing, but they were taking it different ways. I was having to tell the girls they were he was saying booty trap because they were like they were like is he saying boobies like mommy has boobies no he's saying booty trap so anyway um all right so within the 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 booty traps um I don't know if you guys remember the big waterfall or not waterfall excuse me the water slide that they all end up going down that ended up being like what seemed like the longest waterfall in the world. I couldn't actually find any measurement for how long that thing was. It actually took them out to the end where they find the ship. But it was actually a real functioning water slide that they actually kept on longer than they needed to because the cast and the crew and Richard Donner himself <laughs> would sneak in and go take it for a spin. Like just ride this water slide, just having fun on set, just sets closed. But this water slide they left on, oops. Let's go down it. So, Could you imagine being that age, getting to ride down that like all the time? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I mean, as uh, those kids probably just ate it up. But all right, you know, I really feel like you know, even in trying to stretch out the notes of it, of like what happened in the caves, it's pretty much them going through booby traps and trying to stay one step ahead of the Fratellis for most of the movie once they're underground. So at one point. Uh, data falls down into a pit and we talked before about how all the kids were cussing on top of each other. Like, you know, cuss out the whole movie. Mm -hmm. The one kid that does not cuss in the movie is actually data. When he falls down the pit, he actually screams out. Like he, he yells, Holy S H I T. And he actually spells it out because he promised his mother. <laughs> he would not cuss in the movie. <laughs> I was cracking up when I saw it because I was like, okay, that, that's just cute. It's, you know. Maybe I'm slow, but there was a, there's a scene in uh, Madagascar where Chris Rock's zebra is being chased by Ben Stiller's lion. And when he realizes he's being chased because he's going to get eaten, he responds back with sugar, honey, iced tea. I've, and for the yeah. longest time, I was like, why, what does that mean? And then finally I put it all together and I was like, oh, S-H-I-T. Okay, that's cute. And that's how old funny. were you when that came out? Oh, this was when I was like late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. no, this was, yeah, this is bad. I should have caught that the first time. But I'm admitting it. That's good. That's good. It's it's nice that you, you come in clean and getting I'm it. Aware. Of I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm not a priest and this is not confessional. So, no. And this will be aired to the world. It will. It will. I'm Good. not editing that part out. Nor um, should you. And then when you hear it, I want you to say "sugar honey iced tea." <laughs> so, <laughs> I will. Uh, I will because right. I don't. I don't swear. So. No, no, not at all. Sorry. Right. They go down that awesome water slide, 
and they finally reached One-Eyed Willie's pirate ship. Do you guys remember the pirate ship's name? If you don't, mm-hmm. that's fine. It's called the Inferno. So let's talk about that moment for just a minute. Any time in the movie that Richard Donner needed the kids to look surprised, he would give them one direction. He would just go, all right, kids, big eyes. <laughs> and so <laughs> they would all just get big eyes and a bit, and you know, a suppression or a, a big expression and, you know, be look surprised. So he actually kept the ship secret and didn't let any of the caster crew see the ship, except for those necessary to set up the shot before the kids got there. And so the shot that's actually used in the movie is the second one. They could not use the first one because the first one, they were cussing too much. And as I understand it, it was actually because of Josh Brolin. (laughs) He kept dropping F-bombs and talking about how big the ship was and all because it was a 105 foot long, like fully fleshed out ship. Like it was a fully built ship. It took two and a half months to construct. It was modeled after Earl Flynn's ship, the Seahawk, which actually where Josh Brolin's watching TV in the beginning, they're actually watching an Earl Flynn movie. And then Sloth is watching hmm. an Earl Flynn movie in, you know, in the cave, you know, in his, his basement room. Modeled after Earl Flynn's ship in the Seahawk, the sails required more than 7,000 square feet of material. And the largest one measured 30 feet by 60 feet. And some of the ship's rigging was recycled for the Pirates of the Caribbean ship at Disneyland, which was being renovated at the time. So it's a big ass ship. This is uh, in the days where they didn't have the option to do CGI. It was all practical. If you wanted a ship, there was no computer. It was going to be a real ass ship. So, and then even the parts that were recycled for it, the entire thing was dismantled because nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted to buy it, which I feel like was the wrong move for people because the pirate ship people just buy it. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. So anyway, there's just so many practical uses for a hundred foot pirate ship, 105 foot pirate ship. It is 105 foot pirate ship. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Don't short that pirate ship just no. five feet. Every bit matters to a one-eyed Willie. You're right. You're right. Size matters. Um, one other thing I, you kind of glossed over earlier and I wanted to bring up. You said dro- Josh Brolin was saying the F word too many times. Oh, yeah. No, he was just dropping the F-bomb. Or he was dropping F-bomb a lot. Like I, I can't find out how many times or whatever, but I found yeah. it, it was his fault. He was the one that was cursing so much. So my question is, are there any F-bombs at all? In the goodness. I watched it. I wasn't looking for them. I I don't recall any. I don't any. think so. I, I don't recall any. Now, I know the rules. Sarge, can you PG- look that up real quick? I know you can look up I, on IMDb. It'll tell you about the profanity. I know that PG-13 movies typically get a pass on like one, maybe two. It just has to be like how it's used. Like, is it used as yeah. somebody or is it used just like in general language or something like that? Because then in PG movies, they are far and few between, but there are a couple. And most notably, I, off the top of my head, I know Beetlejuice has an F-bomb. It does. It. Um, it, it's got one. Black Sheep um, has has uh, the uh, Chris Farley, David Spade those movie. Those are rated, that's rated PG. I think so. I thought Black Sheep and um, Tommy Boy, which are literally the exact same movie. I thought both of those were PG-13. 
It is PG thirteen. It is. Okay. But you still got an F bomb out of PG thirteen, so whatever. But this was ninety six, which was when they were trying to figure out where F bombs belonged. Right. So according to the interwebs, three different websites I've checked. There are fifteen uses of the word shit. The boys spell out the phrase holy shit without outright saying it once. Which that's data. Um Mouth and chunk are told to shut up a lot. Apparently, mm-hmm. that's profanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, balls is used once. Bullshit is used once. Cut the shit. Damn, pissing are said multiple times by both children and adults throughout the movie. Sexual innuendos and references. Balls is used. Idiot is said once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't say how many F bombs are in there. You know, it's funny, and I'm doing a couple of little searches here too. I cannot find a definitive list of PG-rated movies with the F word. I'm only finding PG-13, which leads me to believe that, because the only one I can think of is Beetlejuice, and I wonder if Beetlejuice is the only PG movie with the F word in it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you can (laughs) think of a PG movie with an F-bomb in it, Please uh, comment or uh, hit us up on Facebook or reach out to Smoke Signals. <laughs> Give us Smoke Signals. <laughs> I was um, going to say, I don't know how to get in touch with us. So yeah. good luck. I mean, you like we just text each other. But yeah, yeah I, just, just text us and let us know if there's a PG movie with an F word in it. If you text me, my first question is going to be new phone. Who does? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, but if you can think of a, um, a movie a PG movie with F-bomb in it, please let us know. Shoot us a message on Facebook um, or send us a message somewhere else. I don't know. Let me know because now I'm curious. I'm going to Google that one. All right. So after they discover the Inferno, they... PG or PG-13? PG. PG. Do you have any, Sarge? Looking. Okay. So after they find the Inferno, they make their way inside the ship, which... When I was watching it recently, I was looking at how they were all getting onto the ship, and only one of them used a ladder. The other ones, like, climbed up the side of it, which my first thought was, how the hell did you climb up the side of a pirate ship, like, efficiently, and, like, make it up there at the same time that a uh, a person who used a ladder did? I don't know. It was just one of those, like, nobody paid attention to how they were getting on the boat. So they were just climbing <laughs> over the side. So anyway... They discover it's filled with treasure, obviously. Like, at first, it's like, Mikey, there's no treasure in here. They all start giving him shit. Then he, like, goes up through a hole, and he sees the room with One-Eyed Willie, which I know there's other instances of this in movies, and uh, Monster, I'm sure you could tell me other ones, but One-Eyed Willie was a real skeleton. Mm. Yeah, and I know it happened in other ones, but... Most notably, another... PG movie that would 100% be PG-13 by today's standards, Poltergeist very oh, yeah. infamously used some real-life skeletons. Um, up but pole, Polter- if I remember. Yeah, but I tell you, Poltergeist, whew, that's a whole other story, man. There's a lot of rough stuff that happened on the set of that one. Carol Ann! Maybe we'll do a P is for Poltergeist later on down the road. I, I tell you, it's a, it'll be a downer, that's for sure. Well, you know. So, all right. They leave the ship. The Fratellis appear and uh, make them, you know, take all their loot, make them walk the plank um, until Chunk arrives with Sloth and distracts the Fratellis long enough for the Goonies to jump overboard, which there is a part here 
that got cut. And you could find this on YouTube, but it's where the Goonies were attacked by an octopus. So actually, oh, yeah, yeah, Whoa. yeah. Look it up on YouTube, uh, Sarge. Have you seen it? Yep. Thoughts? The chick, the, the chick there with him thinks one of them's like trying to like fill her up or something. Mm-hmm. So I think it was Martha Plimpton's character. Yeah, I don't remember their name. Like I said yeah. last time I saw this was like in the early nineties. Yeah, and if, when you look it up, really, really like pay attention to the acting of it because it's they're the best thing I could tell you. Like the best way to describe their acting is where you know Richard Donner would tell them when they saw something surprising to look, use big eyes, and I think his direction here was just an octopus has you. Oh no, because you can tell like <laughs> they're just underwater with like green hoses going like, oh no. Oh no, it's got us. It, it's there's it's a good thing that got caught it got cut, but Data does say something when they get out of the grotto out onto the beach about an octopus, which doesn't make sense if you don't know, but then also you miss it altogether. I can't tell you that I ever noticed it before doing the research here. So all right. When they were gathering when all the Goonies were gathering up treasure, Mikey told them to leave the uh, the treasure that was in front of one eyed Willie. And saying that it was a uh, tribute to him. Well, when the uh, when the Fratelli when the Fratelli show up and strip them of their loot, they start gathering other loot. Well, in the process, they grab all that treasure that was in front of Willie, and triggers another booby trap, which causes the grotto to cave in. And then, with Floss' help, they all are able to escape. And uh, then the Fratellis are met on the beach by all the kids' parents, which are actually their real parents and members of the cast or members of the crew. And Richard Donner shows up, plays a uh, police officer there on the beach, which was kind of cool. I mean, you know, the parents of the kids who they were like, you know, go be a star. And they were like, hey, we need you too. come here, you know, stand in this role. So yeah, they got to do something kind of neat. But in short, the rest of it is Fratellis are arrested and Chunk's parents uh, take Sloth with them and he goes lives with Chunk. And happy ending for everybody as they turn around and they see the Inferno has broken free from its binds and it's free from its chains and it's floating off to sea. So yes, this pirate ship from the 17th century, 16th century still floats away. It's not rotted away in this cave for all these years. It is actually, uh, it's it's still working. And it's a boat with no crew. So that's the movie. If you guys have not seen it, I'm sorry if I just spoiled it for you, but it is a 37-year-old movie. So <laughs> there is only one reference of the word fuck being used in a PG movie. And you know which movie it is. And what company made said movie? Beetlejuice? It's Beetlejuice. Okay, well, then whatever you're looking at is incorrect because it's 100% Beetlejuice and it's rated PG. They're saying the that right now, everything I found, and I haven't gotten to Beetlejuice yet, because mind you, there's like 600 pages of this. I'm trying to go through it once. Mm. The movie Enchanted by Disney. I, I don't just I listened to the audio clip, and you could totally hear it's like a, what's it, like a Boston accent, a New York accent, a North, Northeastern accent. Let's just say when the bus driver exits the bus in the movie Enchanted, it's said. 
Okay. I don't know if you remember that movie. It's a. Yeah, no, we actually Alex Alex wanted to watch it the other day, and I I wasn't like like in the room watching it with her, but it was on, and I I heard it, and it's actually kind of cool. Some of the like mix of CG animated characters with like real life people, and it's it's neat. I don't remember anything like that happening. Now it sounds like to me, from what you just read, it sounds like like an extra on set said the F word. They didn't catch it when it got put into production. But as far as like an actual actor or actress in the script reading the F word, again, Beetlejuice is the only PG rated film I can think of. Now, however, and and I don't know if there's a way to look this up. I'm sure there is. Maybe Beetlejuice has retroactively been rated PG-13. I'm looking at it right now that you said it. It says Beetlejuice is one of the only movies contained to F word as well as maintaining its PG rating. This film was released right at the time of the PG 13 rating system being implemented. Um, they simply missed the film uh, and missed the fact that the film dropped the F bomb. At and when it subsequently did its re releases, it got changed to PG 13. So the, ah. premiere, the premiere is the only one that is still PG. So that's interesting. Very interesting. Okay. All right. All right. So I want to run through a bit more about the Goonies. So you had mentioned that Cindy Lauper did the soundtrack or did the song. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, she did. Uh, Cindy Lauper wrote the single, The Goonies Are, and it's just the letter R, good enough. And they actually play the, the, uh, the music video on a TV in the movie. I don't think you hear the song then. I think you do hear it at a later point, though. But the uh, the uh, the cast and uh, actually pro wrestlers are all over the music video. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, the Iron Sheik, and Andre the Giant plays Sloth in in the music video. Um, oh my lord! It's a bad music video. It's a uh, it's just rough. So after the movie wrapped. In 84, they actually had to go and do six weeks of audio dubbing because the kids were talking on top of each other so damn much that it was just, it was a nightmare to sort out. But they did. So let's talk about the box office. The uh, the Goonies grossed $9 million in its opening weekend, second right behind Rambo First Blood Part 2. It grossed <laughs> $63.9 million in the U.S. and Canada placing it among the top 10 highest grossing films of 1985 and 60.6 million overseas for a worldwide gross of $125 million on a $19 million budget. So pretty good return. It's a good return for sure. Yeah. So it has been preserved. It was selected for preservation, excuse me, in the, National Film Registry by the Library of Congress, which this to me feels like maybe a waste of our government's um, resources. But really, this after everything that the government wastes, this is what you're going to point out. No, no, this is just just another place of it. Just another place of it. That's all I'm saying. It was selected for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. <laughs> mm. Seems like I a quit. seems like a strange thing to to note so anyway all right obviously 
people loved it. It's a worldwide cult classic. There have been people that have been things where uh, actors have said, yes, there is a sequel coming. Sean Astin has said several times, yes, it's definitely coming. And then old Corey Feldman will show up on a talk show at some point and he'll be like, yeah, it's not, not going to happen. But, but 2027, 2027, is that what you saw? Sure. Right. I think so. Well, in 2021, Fox announced they'd be moving forward with a pilot that was about a group of people doing a shot for shot remake of the Goonies. But then uh, that was in May. But then in December, Disney Plus announced they'd picked up the series for development and changed the title to Our Time. So that's that's the sequel to The Goonies. It's going to be called Our Time, which sounds dumb. Our Time. Mm. I feel like it should be a Hallmark movie brought to you by Werther's Originals. Now, I don't know if either one of you guys have kept up with Corey Feldman at all over the past few years. I I, um, I hear he's making some good music. Uh, um, music hear, is a strong term. Yeah, um, I he hear, is making albums. Yeah, <laughs> I hear he's got like a really cool like sense of style about himself these days. Cool is another strong word. So is style. Wearing lots of um, hoods, from what I understand, lots of hoods. He uh, is a a troubled guy. I, I think I think he he went through some things and saw a lot of things when he was a kid. And it has really affected his mental health. I I want to believe him with a lot of the things he's had to say over the past few years, but it is hard to say for sure. He it, some of the more recent things he has said and done in in public has been a little troubling. I hope he's okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was never a big like Corey Feldman fan when I was a kid. I loved him in Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. I loved mm-hmm. him in Lost Boys. Both great. But yeah, he's yeah he's he's been. Uh, yeah. Woo. So I, I would find it hard to believe that there would be a Goonies two or a Goonies remake or reboot or whatever. According, if he would, if he would actually be involved or not, I don't, I don't according know. According yeah. to the interwebs, which everything on the internet is true, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. yes. This is plot is undisclosed. Undisclosed. So this is on IMDb, right? The four returning cast so far. Is Corey Feldman as Mouth, Robert Davi Davi as Jake, Lee Westwork as a high school student, I don't know who that is, and Cindy Lopper as Bean Soup Annie. Mm. Yes. yes. Um that's a that's a that's a thing. And I hope it now, doesn't happen. Instead of sitting around and hoping that whatever that is comes to fruition, let us think fondly about the Goonies video game for Nintendo. Did you yes. ever play that? Yes, I did. And now I'm going. I'm going to give that a uh, caveat, I guess. So I don't know if I played Goonies or Goonies Two because they did launch. They did put out a Goonies Two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now the Goonies, the the first game, was later put out on Nintendo. You know, so I don't I don't know which one I played. I don't remember exactly, but I do remember I played a Goonies game. So the one that I played, I remember it being okay, yeah, okay. So I'm looking right now. I'm pretty sure the one that I played was Goonies 2, which is a Nintendo game. And it was one of those games that it, it required a lot of 
backtracking and actual like not as bad as the Friday the Thirteenth game, but it was a, a very much like where the hell do I go kind of with game. the purple jumpsuit, Jason. Yeah, Ooh, that's a yeah, but the music was really really good and had some like creepy music. But you would go from again kind of like the Friday the Thirteenth game. You would go from like a third person or a, a side scrolling perspective to a first person like when you would go into a, a room to like search for items and open doors and stuff. But I, I was real young when I rented it. I never got very far, but I remember loving the music. I remember the, the graphics were cool. The game was fun, but the music really stuck with me. It's it's It was a pretty cool game. I think going back on it as an adult, it was made by Konami. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not a bad game by any means. I I think like going back and playing it now as an adult, it would be it would be kind of fun. So the uh, first game came out in eighty five, second game in eighty six, and there was the uh, the octopus that I mentioned. Uh, there was an octopus level where you had to beat an octopus. <laughs> so awesome! All right, so want to run through uh, fun facts? Fun facts? Fun, fun facts are my favorite thing now. I'm just going to adopt that. So, and adopt in addition uh, to adopting that, in the novelization of the Goonies, yes, there was a novelization, which I kind of want to find. Chuck's parents adopt Sloth. So, yeah, good old Sloth living in the living the life of luxury with Ch- with, with Chuck. Yeah, yeah, maybe I don't Dude, know. He's in a pod. Did they start a detective agency? No, no. Um, I mean, Chuck went on to become an attorney, so um, I don't know if Sloth got chicken pox or what, but his his parents adopted him. I, I'm curious on what the novelization of the Goonies is actually like. I wonder if, I wonder how it is. I don't know. I'd be curious to pick it up and just read a couple pages, really. So um, see if you can find me a copy. So, no. uh, so Sean, Amazon. sorry, Amazon. Amazon. No, did you find it? Yeah. Oh, how much? Mm, depends on which one you want. There's like a book set. There's more than one novelization of the Goonies. Uh, it looks like they're like the Babysitter Club style stuff. Oh shit! Dark Horse Comics Goonies 30th Anniversary Event for ten dollars at eBay. Yep, I I did see it. They did the comic, but they they'll pump out a comic for any property. So yeah. Anyways. So, all right. Sean Astin was actually able to keep the Goonies map, you know, and the doubloon. He lost the doubloon in moving. But when Sean Astin was away, I guess making Rudy or something, I don't know, his mom threw it out, thought it was just a crumpled up piece of paper and trash and threw away the original Goonies map. Um, So that's gone forever. So we talked about how. Corey Feldman's character's name was Mouth. And I don't know if you remember, but there's a scene where um, Mama Fratelli is pulling things out of Mouth's mouth. And they were really all in there. It was jewels, coins, pearls, Mm -hmm. all in his mouth. Like they grabbed a string of pearls and was like pulling it out piece by piece. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big mouth. I don't know. Yeah, it was no trick editing, no... You know, movie magic. It was, um, it was really, really all in there. So, and my final fun fact. Uh huh. Richard Donner actually for the last 
last few days of filming, week or so, all the kids turned fairly cold to him and he didn't know what he did. It's like they all just suddenly didn't like him. And what it was was that uh, Steven Spielberg, who was on set for the whole filming, got all the kids to be mean to him, like to give him the cold shoulder. Even at the rap party, they, uh, you know, were not nice to him. And he left the film like, I don't know, what the hell did I do? And so when he got done rap, when he got done filming, everything wrapped up, everything's done, editing's finished, it's in the can, ready to go to the movie theaters. Old Donner takes off to his uh, to his house in Hawaii, and who is who was at this this who's next to this house in Hawaii? The house next door is filled with the entire cast of these snot nosed brats that were mean to him for the last week and a half that he just got done filming a movie with for five months, and then suddenly he goes with his wife into his private you know house in Hawaii, and then yet there are all the kids. It would piss me off. I would not. I would not be happy if I was like, finally, I'm done working. I need a vacation. Oh shit. My work followed me. <laughs> yeah. That would kind of suck. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the one movie that I like from Richard Donner, like I, I will sit down and watch what all the time. And in my opinion is a Christmas movie. What? Lethal weapon. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I loved lethal weapon. Actually. I like all the lethal weapons. Mm-hmm. I think they're all just fun. So anyway, it was my dad's 60th birthday recently. Mm-hmm. And when I gave him his 60th birthday card, he uh, he looked at me and said, one would have been enough. Ah. I see what you did there. Well, it's it's really nice that your, your dad just had his 60th birthday because I don't know if you heard, but the inventor of autocorrect died. His funnel is tomato. Mm. Ah. See. But speaking wow. of uh, speaking of people who invented things, the uh, the guy that invented the umbrella was just going to name it Umbrella, but he hesitated. Mm, see what you did there. That mm, mm. Adeline and I were talking to a one armed cop today, and I asked him how he did his job, and he said single handedly. Mm. Well, <laughs> well, to be frank. I'd have to change my name. Yep. True. (laughs) True. But if you're going to change your name, what do you call a man that can't stand up? Neil. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'm not going to tell you anymore because I'm just going to run through. (laughs) Yeah. Let's, let's save a few for next time. Yeah. So, Sarge, I'm sorry. I kind of I, I told three. I don't normally tell three, but it's okay. You're not uh, you're you, you're not hurting my feelings, none. I still have like I don't know 19 pages of of, of really bad dad jokes. Yeah, no, I uh, I don't have a book. I just I pick them up out in the wild. <laughs> you pick them up out in the wild. <laughs> yeah, that has been G is for the Goonies. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for uh, returning. If you are returning, thank you for checking us out for the first time. But uh, as for uh, us for now, I'm going to say goodbye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Later. It's over. Done. Done.